Opinionated. That's fun. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Opinionated AF. I'm Adam Butler. That's Pretty Little Danny. Hey, y'all. How you feeling today, Danny? I am doing excellent. Mm-hmm. I'm doing excellent because <laughs> 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 I had a very stressful football Sunday because the Redskins did not play. They had a yeah. very early ass bye week, but uh-huh. hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have to worry about anything this week. I was kind of sad that the Cowboys won. Eh. But yeah, I know. I figure. I mean, we're we're at the top of the division for this week, for this moment in time. We're the only team that's sitting up two and one. So I am doing great. Perfect. Yeah, I am too, man. It was stress free to watch. Uh, just watch football like a normal human being on this mm-hmm. past Sunday. You know, not have to worry about it. Yeah, it's always a blow when the, when the Cowboys win. And but whatever, we going we going to we going to see what happens this coming Monday when we uh, face off against the mighty mighty New Orleans Saints. And that mighty offense it is. We're going to see what's up. But we got a lot of things to get into. Um, as I mentioned in the last episode, uh, we are recording via Google, Google Hangout. Um, Danny and I are going to try to give you at least two to three shows a week. Um, and this will probably be our second show of this week. And a lot to get into because sports is always it's the gift that always given. Right. It's always giving us jewels. And just last night, I think the NFL has a new jewel. It's funny because last year when we were um we had our episode with Nate Burleson, we were talking about what's my man name in Houston, Danny. Help me out. I just forgot that quick. What's the um, DeAndre. Oh, the quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. We were talking about Deshaun Watson and talking about how that dude's the future of the league and this, that, and another. And you know, Deshaun's coming back from an injury injury, so we're gonna see what happens with him. But right now, it looks like Patrick Mahomes not only is is I mean, you know, just a, a bona fide pro bowler and all pro. This guy is making a real case for MVP of the league. What do you think about Patrick Mahomes? Um, you know, so I wasn't privy to him, and I kind of was like, "Well, who is this young guy that's coming in here that's pushing Alex Smith out the door?" Right? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, granted, he gave us a gift, but I think Kansas City basically was on to something. This guy is playing like he is a vet. He's mm-hmm. almost like uh, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre s. But because Aaron Rodgers played behind Brett Favre, I guess we can give all the credit to him. But he's yeah. playing like he's been here before. Yeah. I mean, the passes that he were making across his body, switching from hand to hand. I mean, um, having the defense scrambling. It's just amazing to know that this is his first year starting. We're only, what, three, four games into the seasons, and he's already breaking history records. Yeah, he's breaking records for sure, man. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of an athlete. He has an incredible arm. He has great instinct for a young quarterback. Um, and I think sitting behind Alex Smith was actually helpful. We, we're seeing firsthand how smart Alex Smith is, is as a quarterback, right? It's completely different than what we've had in the past where, you know, guys are kind of learning on the fly. They don't really know what they're doing. With Alex Smith, you see a guy that's decisive and also smart. He knows when to tell and end when he has to. And I see that from Patrick Mahomes as well. He's just young and he, and he has more upside. So I get completely why Kansas City decided to move on and go ahead and start their their uh, second year quarterback. Just go ahead and just make the move. I mean, it, it looks like they cashed in for sure. Um, last night on the big stage, he showed everybody what was up. Denver has a top notch defense; they always have. He was making plays on them like it was nothing. Man, the guy has grit. I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. So we asked the poll earlier, and we wanted to know what you all think. So he's actually been okay. So I said last episode that we already have kind of concluding the first quarter of the um, season. You're getting to it. Sure, yeah. Basically, we can start talking early MVP 
um quarter um excuse me MVP candidates to see you know who's who's doing the greatest job so far. Right. So we wanted to know if you all thought Patrick Mahomes was an early MVP vote, and seventy five percent of you audience thought that yeah he is. Mm. I actually agree as well. I mean it's gonna be kind of not difficult, but he's gonna have to really continue to outplay some of the vets that are already always in contention, like the Breezes and the, right, right. Um, the, the Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers. But I think you gotta, gotta give it to this kid. The only other person I can see out, maybe outplaying or outbeating him is Jared Goff. Yeah. Jared Goff is playing some ball right now, man. Jared Goff, that definitely Jared Goff. Um, I'm gonna throw in a dark house, uh, dark horse, excuse me. Um, um, Kamara out in um, New Orleans is, is balling his ass off right now, but it's rare when a running back beats out a quarterback right. for MVP, but you know, he's in the running. I mean, we just, we never know. Again, I hate to keep bringing up Alex Smith, you know, um, it's almost fair to do that to Patrick Mahomes considering that he's, you know, the, the, he took the man's job, but Alex Smith was an MVP candidate around this time last year too. That offense just rolls. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes at all. But this time last year, Kansas City was looking like a powerhouse too. And Alex Smith was going all up and down the field on folks as well. So, you know, early in the season is hard to say. We don't know what's going to happen with golf. We don't know what's going to happen with Mahomes. We don't know who's going to just like sneak up and really surprise people towards the end of the season. But right now, as of October 2nd, 2018, that dude looks like the straight up truth. And it looks like um, Andy Reid, once again, has found himself an all pro quarterback, man. Yeah. I don't know how he keeps landing it, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> shout out to him for making the right decision of knowing when to move on. I mean, he's had yeah. the great ability to know when to, you know, cut the quarterback's time loose and mm-hmm. allow him to be replaced by someone even better. So shout out to Kansas city. I'm definitely a fan. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Let's get to the next topic. So there's been a lot of other controversy swinging the other way. Mm-hmm. So I asked the question earlier and I kind of wanted to know what you thought. There's been the trend, I guess, each year you've seen a lot of players um, holding out for their contracts. I think OBJ was last year. I'm not sure of the previous years, but this year it's been Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Their great powerhouse running back. He's decided to come back their bye week, which I think is absolutely hilarious. But um, <laughs> it goes to the point of um, the issue that happened with Earl Thomas. So Earl Thomas played a game this previous weekend uh-huh. and broke his leg. So it's safe to say, first of all, prayers up to him, but it's safe to say that he's probably out for the rest of the year, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So with that being said, I mean, it kind of makes Le'Veon, Boy, Le'Veon Bell excuse me, and other players points that should or should they not continue to hold out their contract years due to injuries like this where they're not able to even perform because they've already been <laughs> injured before the season's over. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about this one for a little second because this is important, you know, that for both of these guys, right? Le'Veon Bell has kind of taken up all of the uh, attention in, in regards to the press because he's holding out and he's a great player, right? And he plays for a marquee team. He plays for the for the Steelers, who's a marquee team, and he's the best player on that team, honestly. Oh, well, well, maybe, well, well, well you know, Antonio Brown's the best player on that team, but Le'Veon Bell is definitely a, very, a close second, right? A very close second, right? So, it's it, it it a marquee offensive player holding out like that gets everyone's attention. The Earl Thomas thing, I think, is what is really important in this because he was trying to hold out too, and there was a lot of pressure on him to come back. A lot of guys from the Legion of Boom had moved on and gone to other teams. You know, Bennett, Sherman, guys like that, faces of that squad, faces of that Super Bowl team, and moved on. And 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 you know, Earl Thomas was one of the last men standing. You know what I mean? And Earl Thomas not only 
caused controversy by not wanting to uh, immediately report to training camp, but also last year making it very clear that he would love to play for the Dallas Cowboys, going going so far as to go over there and shake Jason Garrett's hand after the <laughs> game and everything. So, he, you know, it's almost like he became the bad guy, and I can see why he came back because he didn't want to, like, sully his reputation and hurt himself in future contract negotiations. It just looked bad, you know what I mean? But he goes out there, breaks his leg, trying to make a trying to make a play, it flips off the sideline, <laughs> literally flips off the Seattle Seahawks sideline. And normally I wouldn't condone that. I, you know, I don't rock with stuff like that, like not against your own team. And I still wouldn't, I still don't think he should have thrown the middle finger up to them, but I understand why he did it because it's like, he's saying, yo, this is what I was trying to say. And it speaks to a bigger point when it comes to Le'Veon and Earl Thomas and anyone that plays position other than quarterback and maybe wide receiver mm-hmm. is that, they don't want to pay you. They don't want to pay you. So Le'Veon is a guy, they've just been basically extending his rookie contract out, you know, same way that, um, same thing that was happening with Kirk Cousins last year and the year before, basically just, you know, hitting him with the one-year franchise tag joints. Okay, you get a couple of million dollars. That's what's up. Like, you probably get about $5 million. There's nothing to sneeze at. You and I could use $5 million right now. Oh, hello. Right. But what he's saying is like, yo, I want to have long-term you know, money. I want to, I want to be able to get paid like a Kirk Cousins, you know what I'm saying? Like a Cam Newton or whoever else has is, is landed a big contract over the years. You know what I mean? Like a, like a Matt Ryan, like a Aaron Rodgers. So the NFL um, has something to think about. And there's a lot of things going on the plate of the NFL PA um, coming up when, when, you know, the CBA ends and, and, you know, these guys are going to have to renegotiate some stuff because baseball, basketball i don't know about hockey but these guys have guaranteed contracts right, right. so you know god forbid nba playing on name a name but god forbid nba player a or b blows their acl or breaks their leg or whatever and has to sit out the year or, you know or a couple of years because you know how the nba goes their money's guaranteed that's why bookie cousins can go to go and take like basically just a couple of million dollars because that's his million dollars period point blank no matter what you see what I'm saying? So the NFL has an issue when they want to think about this because these, you know, you got one guy that says, I'm not playing till you get this right, even though he's coming back during the bye week, which is funny. And then you got another guy who came back for the greater good, even though he didn't even want to play for the team anymore and broke his leg and now he's out. Just sets a bad tone. I mean, and they, like you said, it gives the NFL a lot to think about, more so the NFLPA because they actually represent the players. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this is what they do it for. I mean, you can't – there are several different aspects to this whole safety thing, mm-hmm. and you can't just place it on one thing. Um, yes, these players do know what they're getting themselves into, but these owners also know that they only get so many years out of these players, and a lot of yeah. these guys are not going to go off and – you know, unless they're a huge name and be able to live the same type of lifestyle um, that they've been doing. So they want to set themselves up. They want to set their families up. And that's understood. I mean, we do know the importance of the quarterback role. However, Mm -hmm. um, maybe we're entering a new wave. We also know that running backs like Le'Veon Bell can um, move the pendulum. Uh, Players like Earl Thomas can uh, stop Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Phillip Rivers to make a play. Defenses win games. We know that. So I think that we have to move in a new direction that, okay, yes, we do want to emphasize this quarterback role, but I mean, even down to the the MVP votes and and things like that, we have to get out of the stereotypical way of thinking and keeping the narrative the same. It's nothing wrong with moving forward and doing things different. And Mm -hmm. these players contribute to the beauty of the game. It's time to allow them to flourish too. 
Well, you know, if you think about sports just in general and, and you know, every sport, right? You know, um, during certain time periods, there's a position that dominates the sports and that, that sport. And that position gets paid the most. In the 80s, it was the center, right, for basketball. You know, every team needed a dominating center until Michael Jordan came around and changed that, right? Now LeBron James is playing. Now you want to swing forward that could do everything on the floor, right? You want a KD or LeBron type of guy, you know what I mean, or, or the Greek freak, a guy that's like seven foot, seven feet tall, six, eight, seven feet tall, but also can handle the ball, can shoot from anywhere, and can, you know, play in the post, right? And that'll change over in, in the next couple of years, too. I, I imagine, actually, I think the point guard is going to be the next, um, top position for the NBA. And it's the same thing for the NFL, right? Middle linebackers, quarterbacks, you know, at one point running back was an important position on the field. Like at one point, the, every team felt like they needed a strong running back because that's the way the game was played. The game got opened up a little bit, you know, circa the late nineties, uh, mid two thousands, when people were like, yo, we're going to spread the offense out. And now I need wide receivers and I definitely need a quarterback that's going to deliver the ball to my playmakers. But you make a great point, Danny. Guys like Le'Veon Bell, guys like Todd Gurley, who got paid, by the way, guys like um, um, Kamara, you know what I'm saying? Guys like Chris Thompson, you know, these these kind of like switchblade, you know, switch arm, Swiss Army knife kind of like running backs that could do everything on the field. They are changing the game. Right. So maybe a guy like Adrian Peterson, if he were to come around today, he probably wouldn't get paid. Right. Or Emmitt Smith, a guy that's kind of like a one trick pony type of dude, like, you know, great running backs. But, you know, you're not really throwing on the ball out the backfield. You get what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. Now that you have this new skill set at running back, that means young guys are going to learn how to do more things, too. Right. Younger, younger players, high school players right now, college players, they're going to, you know, they're going to utilize them differently in offense. And then when they get drafted to the NFL, they're going to be more vital to the offense. And maybe that's how these guys are getting paid. So maybe Le'Veon Bell is going to be a bit of a fall guy for these guys. Right. Him holding out and saying like, yo, look at and, and it's helping that the Steelers are losing. It's helping. That helps a lot because the Steelers are not the same without that dude. Right. He's that important. It helps out a lot. I want to see these guys get paid, but I do understand from a strategic standpoint, from a coaching staff and from a general manager, it was like, yo, I only got but so much money to, to, to spread around. I know I need a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? I know I need that. And if I have any inkling of a good quarterback, if I even think I got the guy, I got to pay him. That's just the market. That's just how it goes, right? But I think that we, I want to see them figure out a way to make sure, make sure guys are safe. So the last point I'll make on this, and then I'll let you go, Dan, is that maybe, you know, this, something came up last week, and uh, we won't get too deep into this, but the Hall of Famers were saying, like, yo, we need me- lifetime medical insurance, basically, right? And, um, you know, uh, Eric Dickerson was, like, at the head of that. Maybe there's something that says, like, yo, we got to put, like, a, some type of injury um, insurance plan inside of your contract no matter what. You know what I mean? So saying like, okay, maybe we can't give them guaranteed contracts because the difference between the NFL and and other sports is that there's so many players on the team. So maybe it's just impossible to give guaranteed contracts to everybody, right? But if someone goes out like Earl Thomas, you don't lose all those little incentives that you would have made if you played the whole season. You know what I'm saying? You still get paid something. Like you still get paid half your contract. I don't know what it is. I'm not that, you know, I'm not an agent. But I think it needs to be, you know, a guy like Earl Thomas can't go out like that. That's just unfair. It's not like he never going to play football again. I don't think his, his injury is that gruesome. But he lost out. On, he missed out on a lot of money this year because you know how those contracts go. So I see both sides, but I would like to see the players get paid and get paid what they're worth. 
Yeah, so my only comment on this is that um, basically what we talked about the last time, if players are not able to be in on the no on some of these things that they're should that they should be negotiating during their contracts. Mm-hmm. This is a serious problem. It's a more serious problem for our community more so because we make up the majority of the population. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, these players, if they don't already have it, need to have more of a voice because these are things that you shouldn't have to negotiate. These are things that you shouldn't have to wait until your last year of a contract to have to figure out. These are things that are not going to help you get through a contract year, uh, i.e. Kirk Cousins with the Washington Redskins last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives you a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, it. The, the season is so short. It's already a contact sport. I mean, the players are already complaining about, you know, how often they have to play in comparison to the Monday, the Sunday, and the Thursday night games. I right. mean, it's a bit unfair, but I'll go ahead and leave it at that. I asked you all, should players hold out during the contract years? Do you agree or disagree? 83% agree with us. We think that players, well, I'm not sure. Did you agree with that? You think players should continue to hold out? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm with Le'Veon. I mean, if he played for my team, I'd be blown, but I also would have to understand, like, yo, well, you know, the man got to get paid. So, no, I'm with it. I'm with that. I, I, You know, as a fan, you don't want it to happen to your squad, but that's just selfish fan thinking. You know what I mean? As a human being, as a guy, as a businessman, I get it because look at Earl Thomas. True. I mean, I think the only people that would be this upset right now are the million of probably fantasy football owners that had Le'Veon Bell in the first draft. Yeah, yeah, facts, facts, facts. All right, let's get to this last one. Um, Let me go ahead and let y'all know for one day she found a way to to slip slip this man into the show (laughs) in preseason basketball. We're talking about LeBron James, but it is important. Um, it is it is a big deal. LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker, and you know, Los the Lakers are the biggest franchise in the NBA. That's that's just a fact. Like that's the biggest franchise and the biggest player, the greatest player in the NBA right now is playing for the marquee franchise of the league. You know what I mean? But the question is, Danny posted this on the poll. We'll talk about it for a second before she gives you the results. Um, is LeBron ring chasing or is he Holly? Is he, is he out there just to be a Hollywood mogul? Right. And I'll start off, Danny. I'll let you, you know, I'll let you swoon after that. <laughs> Cheap shot. <laughs> nah, I think I do think it's a little bit. I I don't think he's ring chasing at all. I don't think you you know this is for real. This is one of the times because I do think when he went to Cleveland, we all know what happened in Miami. You know, people got revisionist history when it comes to Miami, but we know what Miami was about, and that's cool. I never had a problem with the Miami move, honestly. But that was some ring chasing, and that's cool. It's perfectly fine. But even when he went back to Cleveland, the first thing he did, because you got to remember the, the thing that attracted him back to Cleveland beyond the fact he's going back to Cleveland was that they had a marquee player there already. And then he went and took an MVP candidate. I think people just forget that Kevin Love was an MVP caliber player when he was in Minnesota. So he put together a championship nucleus of a team as he should have. Again, that's not me saying is anything wrong with that. If you can, you do it right. There's no MVP. There's no championship caliber roster in LA right now. No. He got a bunch of Wiley veterans. That's smart. He got Rondo. You know what I mean? He got um um Steve, what's my man named the the the, the ear whisperer? Oh, Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. <laughs> you know, he got he got JaVel McGee. You know, he's he, it's not a and then you got the young nucleus that they already had out there in LA, which are some young good players. I'm not a big fan of Alonzo Ball, but I'm not gonna give up on Alonzo Ball either. So, you know, that's not a ring chaser situation. What I do think is that LeBron probably in his heart of hearts 
He's a competitor and always will be a competitor. So he ain't out there chilling on the beach there. Don't get me wrong. But what I do think is LeBron feels like in his heart of hearts, he's probably done the most he can. And now it is time because I think LeBron is a very smart guy. I think his team is very smart. Talk about his actual team of people he, you know, he he works with, his his actual management team, right? And I think they're thinking long term. I think they're thinking like, yo, yeah, we might be able to build the Lakers up and do some stuff and go out on a high note. But really, we setting you up to do the thing you wanted to do the whole time, which is become an actual mogul out here. And Magic Johnson had his way of becoming a mogul. Michael Jordan had his way of becoming a mogul. Right. Magic Johnson's way of becoming a mogul was investing in different businesses, investing in movie theaters, investing in Starbucks. Right. That became became a mogul. Michael Jordan's way of becoming a mogul was shoes and sneakers and, 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 and his image. LeBron's way of becoming a mogul is Hollywood. And that's perfectly fine. And why not be out in L.A. playing for the marquee team? You, he's already been doing it. He's already announced Space Jam. He's already been in the small foot movie. He's already got several documentaries coming out. It's already happening. So I think it's a, I think it's actually he's actually out there to be a Hollywood mogul and win games, of course. Okay. So I'll go ahead and start off and say the other haters with you also agreed. And (laughs) 86% of you also Uh said that. Um, actually I think he's doing both. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, I will agree with you. I think that the competitor in him chose and looked at this as a different way of ending his career off and why not help contribute to one of the greatest if not the greatest franchise in basketball history Uh why not try to build something i mean just to get these guys to the playoffs just to get these guys to even possibly a western conference finals would honestly be enough i don't think that he thinks that he needs to chase any rings i feel like the jordan lebron debate could go on and will go on forever and ever i mean Uh he's probably in my opinion, has probably already missed his chances as well as Kobe of chasing um, Michael Jordan. And I think that's fine. I think because that's what makes Michael Jordan's story beautiful for him. And then Kobe yeah. has his and LeBron has his own. I right. think the other part of that and what makes him um, becoming or wanting wanting to become this Hollywood uh, or entertainment media mogul is the projects that he's putting his name on. So mm-hmm. he does have, you know, the fun loving children stuff for Smallfoot. Mm-hmm. He has the classic, you know, if I'm going to chase Jordan, okay, how about I chase him in this way? Yeah. Um, and then he does have all of those meaningful documentaries. He's doing something on Madden cj walker he's doing yeah. something on um i guess the mimicking mimicking of his story he's uh mirroring a story from the NAAC uh uh yeah. controversy i mean yeah. he's doing so much i mean how can you not you know you throw in some game shows i mean why not why not maximize this i mean i yeah. truly believe that he's going to play out these four years i think i've said it before okay. i'll say it again yeah. <laughs> excuse me and play with his son I think he's setting it all up. I mean, and it's just a beautiful ending. I mean, why not ride out into the sunset? People are going to talk about this man and have their criticism, but the fact that he has made a lane for players to choose how they want to play with making a big decision like that, I think that's the the, the thing that people don't appreciate, and we should, because you will continue to see a trend of more players doing it. Listen, heavy is the head that wears the crown. That's what I've been telling you about LeBron, man. When you're the top dog, people hate yeah, we're a little young, so it's hard to remember. But people were hating on MJ when he was playing, and he was the top dog, too. Like, I remember having arguments with dudes as a kid, talking about, like, Eddie Jones was better than Jordan. And that's just how – that's what happens. Kobe was hated, too, and loved as much. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Like, you know, LeBron going to be all right. But I do – you know, 
the question, you know, is it was, you know, the way the question was posed is like, I just don't think he's ring chasing. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause right. like, you know, ring chasing would imply like he went to Houston because he feels like Chris Paul and, 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 and Harden are there and there's an easy path to the finals. Now, nah, this team, is that, if this team goes to the finals, that'd be wild. You know what I mean? I don't think they will. I think they were, I think they were, were a playoff team without him, honestly. I think they were close, like an HC playoff team without him, regardless. But with him, they're, they're a lot playoff team. And that's good. That's what's up. You know what I mean? And, and who knows what they are next year when some of those free agents start um, pouring in Anthony Davis's and folks like that. Like who knows what happens, right? Of course, I don't like to see super teams. So I'm not going to love it. If LA becomes a super team, but it is what it is. I don't think he went out there to ring chase. I think he went out there for long term. I think you pointed it out uh, uh, beautifully that, yeah, maybe he wants to play with his son, but I mean, he's already started doing the Hollywood thing. So you go to Hollywood and you go to a high profile team. Cause he could, if he wanted to just be in Hollywood, he could have played for the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? But he went mm-hmm. to the high profile squad. So he could be high profile like mm-hmm. he's supposed to be high profile because he is high profile. He's LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? And again, I respect it because all three of it, we thinking about not just three of the top players ever in NBA history, but we're talking about three of the most successful NBA players. Guys that I think every athlete in any sport should be able to look at Jordan, Magic, and LeBron and go, that's how I need to go with this, with the second part of my life, once I'm right. done playing sports, right? And as NFL guys, we could point out as a bunch of people, but like Jordan and Magic really started that, right? Being moguls after basketball. Jordan is an owner, an NBA owner. He's the, pro- I think he's the only black owner in sports. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, they, but they, what I'm saying is that they both had different paths, and so is Magic, by the way. Um, he had, I think he still has stake in the, um, in the uh, Dodgers. So it's two of them, but. What I'm saying is that they both, they all three of them had three different paths to being a mogul. You see what I'm saying? And LeBron, this is his path. Nobody's really done it through Hollywood, like like being a Hollywood producer. You know, no other athlete has really done it on the level that you know he's going to do it. So, young, you know, LeBron going to attract haters because LeBron wins a lot. And everybody, anybody that wins a lot is going to attract haters, right? But what he's doing, I respect this move. I respect this move because it shows me that he's just trying to set up his post-NBA career. If it comes in four years, five years, six years, ten years, it's still setting up his post-NBA career. So I respect it. So I do like the point that you said that he's laying down the framework. And, well, actually, all three of them have him. Mm-hmm. I think what's more importantly to bring out of that is that players should probably start thinking about their brands. Yeah. Um, I think that basketball players have it – Um more of an advantage for football players because you get to see their faces. Mm-hmm. And they make um, more money. <laughs> exactly. A lot of it is yeah. guaranteed, as we alluded to earlier. But yeah. I think the point to wrap this up with was just would just be lay down that that framework for that. Mm-hmm. Um, not only strive to be the best player, but put yourself in a position to partly own a team or um not just a net, you know, a shoe line, but to start projects that will that could possibly be mainstream that can take you further than just being more than an athlete, which right. is a shameless plug for one of LeBron's James documentary series later this season. Yeah, morning, morning. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they, and they, he's already been doing the barbershop joints. I mean, look again, all three of them. And I'm using these three for an example because like they are the example, like magic chose to do it in a more of a, like, you know, behind the scenes, yo, I'm going to put my name on the Starbucks. I'm going to put my name on the movie theater and I'm going to put these things in the black community. What was smart about what Magic Johnson did, just real quick, I really want to end it, we get ready to wrap it up. What was smart about what Magic Johnson did was that 
he took a need that white folks couldn't figure out was needed in our community, right? Black people wanted to go to Starbucks too. You see what I'm saying? Black people wanted a nice luxury movie theater at the time. Magic Johnson movie theaters were considered luxury, right? But black people wanted a nice luxury movie theater in their community as well. So Magic said, yo, let me invest in this. Let me put my name on the joint. We live in um in the D.C. area. Danny, you know, well, you know, I won't do it, but we live in the D.C. area. There's a shopping center in the D.C. area that used to have a Magic Johnson's, well, still has a Magic Johnson movie theater, and it used to have a Magic Johnson Starbucks in it way back in the day. So, you know, he what he did was he it, it was it was brilliant what he did. He just served a he he just served a community that wasn't being served, and it made him a mogul. You know, Jordan kind of conquered that that sportswear and fashionwear world. You know what I mean? Where the Jordan went beyond you know, uh, athletic shoe. Now it's a luxury shoe. Myself as a sneakerhead, I can speak to that, you know, with, with, with all the expertise in the world. You know what I mean? People are still buying the Jordans right now. And then he said, yo, I want to get it. First thing he did when he came and matter of fact, Danny, LeBron playing for the Lakers, even though the Lakers are a huge, much bigger franchise than the Wizards. Right. But just follow what I'm saying. LeBron playing for the Lakers is similar to Matt, to Jordan coming to the Wizards. Cause remember, Jordan originally came to the Wizards not to play. He came here to be the general manager and get stake in the ownership. You see what I'm saying? So Jordan had already laid out the plan of like, yo, I want to be an NBA owner one day. Right. He took the job with the Bobcats. Remember Bob Johnson owned the, Bob- owned the Bobcats, but he gave Jordan like, I think like damn near like half of the team. And then when he finally bowed out, Boom, Michael Jordan's the majority owner of the team. So it's the same thing with LeBron. LeBron's out in L.A. right now because he wants to rub elbows with producers and directors. And 10 years, 15 years from now, LeBron James is going to be one of the biggest producers in Hollywood, and he's going to be a billionaire just like the other two. So there you have it. Yeah, I think he sets down a, a sets up a really good framework for players, mm-hmm. um, his peers and players behind him to show their worth that you are more than an athlete. There are mm-hmm. other things that you can do to maximize um, your talents and that y'all have one of the biggest platforms in the world to be able to do so. So hopefully outside of the hate, outside of whatever you feel about his decision now, his decision then, seriously, it is a good um, thing to see building schools, doing documentaries, helping and showing other players how they can live their best life too. So absolutely, absolutely. And I know let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Um, listen, we're going to be giving you the opinionated podcast multiple times throughout the week. We got another show coming. Uh, it might be actually coming out early next week, but it's another show we're going to be recording with a great guest. You'll find out who that is coming up soon. So keep it locked with us. Follow us on all social media. What's that, Danny? So follow us on Facebook at Opinionated AF and on Twitter and Instagram at Opinion underscore AF. Make sure you get that spelling right. You can follow me at Pretty L-I-L Danny D-A-N-N-I and Adam. I'm MSR underscore Adam. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be great. And Opinionated. We up out of here.